This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell and Max Cohen. Cottage Talk, just want to mention one more time, is part of the TalkSport Fan Network. In this episode, we are going to look back at the disappointing 4-1 to loss for Fulham against Newcastle United. Obviously, there's a lot to get to in this. And um, I, I think we're going to be honing in on more big picture items when we talk about this. Guys, before I get your opening thoughts and go to you, I want to get this off the start because I'm sure we're going to have a lot of Newcastle United supporters who are going to be watching and listening. I want to give you, I want to congratulate you, give you all the credit that you deserve. And that's probably all we're going to really be talking about in regards to Newcastle United, unless you guys really want to talk about it. It's a foam show. Congratulations to Newcastle United for doing what you needed to do. Get all three points. But it's a foam show. We're going to be focusing more on the foam part of this match. Just wanted just to start there. Okay, Mr. Danello, I'll go to you. You are at Craven Cottage. Give me your opening thoughts. Yeah, it's disappointing. Hi there, Max. Hi, Russ. Um, look, I, I did a I did a Newcastle fan show the other day. You know, and I was you know I was very I was you know particularly vocal around what the starting lineup should be without uh, without Palinio in the side, and we'll talk about that afterwards. But yeah. Uh, Look, it was a non-event after seven, eight minutes. You know, Newcastle, you know, had the extra man and they capitalised, you know, all, all fair play to them, to be honest. Absolutely. They, they looked more up for it in that first five minutes. They should have been a goal up. Wilson should have scored. And over the end of the day, he missed pain. That was a warning sign already after about two or three minutes. But when I saw that starting 11, I just, I had, what it was, it was, it started to raise alarm bells on the squad, the depth of the squad. Or a lot of number two players coming in because of injuries before the game long-term injuries, suspensions of Paulina. Then we have further two injuries in the team. Was Mitrovic 100% fit? Probably not. There's a lot of, there's worrying signs here now around the, the depth of the squad and the backup quality. And I think that's what's disappointing. I'm not making excuses here. Right. Just facts on the table. That I think game was over after seven, eight minutes. It was really about 
How do we how do we show a bit of passion, desire, commitment, protect the scoreline, be organized, work hard and disciplined? But Newcastle took us to the cleaners in the first half. And it lucky it was only three nil. The fact that we came away with a one-all draw in the second half is probably not a testament to Fulham. It's probably about Newcastle being a bit wasteful in their chances, Leno saving a few, you know, few chances. But, you know, it was a bad day in the office and we're going to get that with Silva. I think we've always said that. You're right. either going to win many games, but you're going to get a thumping here and there. And hopefully that's the first thumping and probably hopefully the last. But, you know, I thought Newcastle were good value for their victory with or without the 10 men. I, I thought I thought we were going to lose that game when I saw that starting a lineup. And you know, they started well and to be fully deserved the victory with 11 men or 10 men. I thought Newcastle... Full credit to them. Absolutely. They annihilated us and defensively worries me. We've conceded, what, 15 goals? Of which 11 of them are with Paulinho in the team. And we're here supposed to be our rock. So, again, there's some worrying signs they're defensive. I think we need to make some changes for the next few games, but we'll talk about that after, no doubt. But overall, bad day at the office. We've had a good start to the season, but let's let's move on to West Ham. Okay, and that's really what this is all about, guys. Let's move on to West Ham. We're not there yet because we have to look back at this uh, very disappointing loss and Max, I just want to just share this. Please do check out Max and my friend Dan Crawford on the Green Pole. I actually was listening it in the car, and it was an excellent episode, Max. And uh, you gave your thoughts on this match, and I thought you and Dan did a great job. I would highly recommend listening to the Green Pole, which is a podcast from hamian.com. But over to you, Max. I want to give you your chance to share your opening thoughts on this loss. Yeah, I think uh, Emilio said it best that it was it was over as a contest as soon as Shalab was sent off, and it's it was a weird one, guys, in the sense that I wasn't. It was a weird full match because I wasn't stressed the entire match. There's no <laughs> there, there's no stress because you know you're gonna lose. Yeah, you knew what was gonna happen, <laughs> um, which is an odd feeling. I was very upset though, to be clear. Um, just such a daft challenge by Shalab, and it's mm. so frustrating that one moment ruins an entire 90 minutes because we were yeah. looking forward to this match sure a long international break we've done good form we just haven't been at craven cottage for a long time and yeah. it was just ruined after eight minutes and more, more worrying is mitrovic gets taken off injured you know mm-hmm. the defense shows that it kind of gave up you know a lot of a lot of players switching off yeah. i think emilio's right it's a threadbare squad and we can be very negative, and I think I, there was a very negative outlook here in the sense that a couple players got injured, suspended, mm-hmm. etc., and suddenly we look completely off the pace because we have players like Shalaba coming in to replace Paulinho. <laughs> a true Premier League squad would have a true replacement for Paulinho, and obviously we're not going to get a player as good as him because I think he's one of the best players in the right. division at the moment, but someone who's competent. Shalaba's not competent. Shalaba couldn't get in the squad in the championship. Not even close. And whose right? fault is that for playing him? Now that's like, we'll talk about that in a moment. No, and I, but, think, I think you're right, Emilio. Marco Silva, Zach Watford with Shalaba. Yes. Yeah. Clearly yeah. sees some potential in him. And exactly. At yeah. some point, this player has been, you know, celebrated by many across England. You know, he's it's not just like Marco Silva's taking You mentioned this on the on green him. poll. I just want to say yeah. you absolutely mentioned this, and that's why I want to focus a little bit. More on Chalba in just a second, Max, but I really just want to give get your overall thoughts, and we'll, we'll get back to it. Trust me, we're going to get back to it. Yeah, I mean, as Emilio said, we looked poor even even before the sending off, but of course that's what really killed the match. Yeah. At times, we looked completely without a plan, and that was worrying. And as Emilio mentioned, 15 goals. Yes, we're in the top 10, which is great. We also have the most goals conceded in the top half of the table. 
The defense looked all over the place. Kurzawa and Babu didn't give the best impression of themselves. Credit to Bobby Reed. Credit to Bobby <laughs> Dekadova Reed. Great goal. He never yeah. stopped running. Cabano, great assist. But very few positives to take away. Yeah. But it, it, you have to write this one off just because of the sending off. I think mm-hmm. if it's 11 v 11. See, who that's knows where I'm happens. going on this, Max. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Because it changed the game. And honestly, like you said, I was looking forward to it. We're all looking forward to it. And for that to happen is extremely disappointing. And I'll focus on where I want to go on Chalba in just a second. But what I'd like to do is, unfortunately, Giannis couldn't join us, guys. But I have some interesting comments that I'm going to share and we can comment on. And there are three of them. So let's start here. So I'm going to share this with you guys and get your thoughts on Giannis's thoughts on the match. So this is what Giannis shared. Chalba's red card was clear. His selection was one I dreaded, and my fears came true. Kurzawa was poor. The last syllable of Mbabu's name sum up his performance. Okay. <laughs> Emilio, your thoughts on what Giannis yeah. said here? Yeah, all, all true, to be honest. And I think it goes back to my point. Chalabar's red, it was a red card. As soon as I saw the instant, and he only got a yellow, I went, mm, VAR gonna going to be looking at this. And the crowd, you heard the reaction in the crowd, ooh. It was that sort of, oh, that, yep. that, looked, that looked bad. And, you know, what I don't understand with the VAR rules, and I don't think we had this with the bright, if, if the VAR officials can't make a decision themselves, why does the referee have to have the final say? It just doesn't make sense, these rules. But anyway, it was a red card, unnecessary, in not in a dangerous part of the pitch, just 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 bad. You know, Shalabash should be knowing that starting 11. We said that before the show, and the show I did on, on Thursday night. Yep. Zawa. There were moments. He had this great first touch. You know, that was his first moment in the Premier League. That's a bit of a Dennis Adoy did there. You know, great, <laughs> great technique. There'll be moments where you just look a little bit off the pace, but there's a bit of calmness, composure. I saw some. I'm going to look at the positives here. I don't okay. think he was accurate. Right? I thought he had some decent touch. A little bit, maybe something's a bit too casual. Maybe given a bit too much space, but there's potential there. I think he, as he'll get more game time, he will get better. He'll work. He will, you know adjust to the Premier League's pace of, of, of play. And I think he could be an important player for us at a given time, but he needs games. And in Barbo, awful, truly awful, to be honest. You know, his out of position gave, gave the, the Newcastle attackers far too much space, you know, too much respect at times. And, you know, he's getting caught out. And fair play to Marco Silva for pulling him off fairly early, to be honest. He saw there was a, there was a weakness there. But again, lack of depth. Kenny Tete, we said this before the, the season started, Tete's a better defender and Barbo might yeah. have get to going forward, but we didn't see him getting forward because clearly we were man down, but defensively, liability there. So I don't disagree with anything that Yannis says there. Okay. Max, over to you. Here's the second thing that Yannis shared with me. Yannis stated, quote, I thought Leno Pereira and Bobby Reed worked very hard. Kearney was man of the match, or his man of the match. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, Leno, I might have gone Leno man of the match just mm-hmm. because he saved us from it being an embarrassment. Uh, you know, any other keeper in there, we could have lost maybe six, seven, eight nil, honestly, because there are times in that first half when the ship was just sinking and Leno saved us. Kearney, I completely agree with that as well in terms of him being integral to the way we played in the second half. We needed someone who could just get on the ball, pass it along, have some composure. Because when, you know, Shalaba got sent off, the middle of the park just was so stretched and there's no one to calm it down. And yeah, Bobby Reed got his goal, so... Credit to him. Good good for uh, selecting the positives here. <laughs> there weren't many, but in, in that no, you know, statement. But, but you know, know I'm Mr. Positivity. I'm Mr. Positivity. 
and that's going to lead me to share this. And Emilio, I want to get your thoughts on the final thing that Giannis shared negative. with us. Giannis did one of those games where everything went wrong and showed how much we miss Paulina and Tete. Absolutely. I agree with Giannis on that. We'll be fine. And we missed William too. I can't believe we're going to say that, but Emilio, I agree with all of this. Uh, yeah. The first show, I'm not sure about William. William's not, you know, came on a second half against Tottenham. Did, been anonymous to be honest. He did, he did well against Forest, but it's yeah. too early to judge William on one, one and a bit games. To okay. Be For me, it's Dan James had an opportunity, but again, he looked a bit. No moment. Get, I look at the fact that when you get you're playing against eleven men, one man down, you've got to be a bit more intelligent when you've got those that ball. You're not going to have the ball often. Dan James at the time, there was a couple of moments in that first half. A lot of pace, a lot of energy. Final ball, abysmal. You know, you've got to be more intelligent in those situations. Maybe there, that's where the end is coming from. If that was William on the ball, would it be? Would have maybe slowed it down, kept the ball, better distribution. Which is where Dan James lacked, lacked a bit of left a bit of quality, to be honest. But yeah, of course, Paulinho missing is a is goes without saying. And Tete, I've always said, is a better defender than Mbappe yep. and should be starting most games. So I don't know what the injury is there. To be honest, again, he is injury prone, and we've we've always known that, which is yeah. why we needed a a competent backup. But clearly, what we've seen on Mbappe this so far, you know, worrying to be honest. But okay. yeah, I, William, one, I'm not. It's too early to judge whether Williams is going to be as good as we think he is. Well, so it's too early for me. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, guys, I'm going to share some comments from the Foam supporters watching live with us. This is from Gorn, Chalba, Harrison Reed, Pereira, and James were abysmal. Kearney was great. Okay, very interesting. Our friend Steve Ledyard, co-host Steve Ledyard. Kearney mm -hmm. should, should have played instead of Chalba. We'll get to that when we talk about the starting 11. So, again, that's very interesting. I also want to share this from Steve, and I agree with this, Steve. Polina <laughs> needs to stop the silly cards. I totally agree with that. The last one, I know he celebrated with the supporters, so I kind of give him a little bit of a pass on that. But he, he listen, he's going to pick up cards. Do you just deal with it, Emilio, and just accept that this can happen? Or do you just say, hey, listen, you need to sharpen yourself up a little bit. you got to stop getting needless cards. Well, what are your thoughts about him with yellow cards? Because we're now seeing we've got proof. They can't play without Paulina, or at least yeah. they're not the same side without Paulina, Emilio. Absolutely. And again, I think this is where the coaching staff come into play here. Again, you know, that forget the yellow card against Forrest, but the four preceding that, four yellow cards in six games, that's, that's too high a ratio, to be honest. So, yes, I agree with Steve. You know, coaching staff focus on that because clearly we, if he gets a suspension, whether it's a red card, again, yep. it, it goes in a little bit crunching at times. And, you know, there have been a few yellow cards, that, you know, <laughs> You know, he's sometimes on the edge. He's unplayed on the edge. And if he gets an early yellow card, then he's not going to be the same player for the rest of the game. So, it's, yes, I agree. We just needs to to mature then. And the coaching staff have got a job there. But it clearly, I mean, we, we, you know, we were second best yesterday throughout the pitch. And you know, having Palina there, would it have made a difference? Who knows? We, we, it's all speculation. To be we right. don't know. We don't know. But, but again, just there's other things we need to be focusing on. But, you know, not, I don't want to focus on Shallow, but getting the red card, I, I'm just worried about that defence. Okay, conceding far too many goals, and if you and if I you talked about this, goals, yep. If you don't score enough goals to win games, or more than you concede, with or without Palinia, you're not going to win games, and that's my okay. worry. 15 goals, like Max said, you said earlier, highest goals conceded in the top half of the table. Yep. That's that a worry be, that shouldn't be overlooked. No, and we've been talking about that, Emilio. Yeah, yeah. Even though they've been winning, this is the one thing that stands out that mm -hmm. is concerning because it's it's not sustainable, Max. No. This giving up the amount of goals is not sustainable to winning. They were going to need to really 
crack down and, and really start getting more clean sheets once again. Only one clean sheet is just not good enough. They need to really crack down on this. But again, I do want to just spend a few minutes talking ab- about Chalba, and then we'll move on and focus on other things. Where I want to start is goes back to your show, The Green Pole, and you and Dan were talking about the situation with Chalba and, of course, Puglia not being involved. And you kept talking about Chalba's opportunity here, Max. This is where I want to go on this. So what do you think was his mindset heading into this match? Okay, this is where I'm going on this because, as you had said on the green poll, obviously Silva likes Chalba, believes in Chalba, so he brought him in for a reason. So you're Chalba, and he's getting killed today, and I understand why, but he's still a human being still a human being. He didn't want to do this. But the question is, why did he do it? And I think he took this as this is his opportunity and he wanted to show that he could play as good as Paulina so he could make his mark. And he went overboard. Max, that's where I'm going on this. Why? I'm curious why he did what he did. It's a, it's a good question. Not yes, a lot that's why I'm bringing it up. It's a great question. Russ. I think you're right. I think it's his first Premier League start in years. Exactly. He, he barely played last season. He probably barely played the season before that. He's not someone who has a lot of first-team football under his belt. I think his only start this season previous was against Crawley Town in the League Cup, and we lost 2-0. And I didn't see the match, I to be honest. I saw the Twitter reaction, and almost every tweet I read was saying, Chalaba's one of the worst players I've ever seen play for Fulham. He shouldn't even be on the pitch again this okay. season. Is that overreaction? Probably, but just that's that's what the fans were saying after that one. So Correct. I think he's he's I think he knows he's not playing well. And I think he knows this is a big opportunity. I think you're right, Russ. I think he knows he's replacing someone who's had a great first eight, seven, eight matches for us. This is his opportunity. And he and he overcompensates. It. It's clear he exactly he's, he's not on the pace. He doesn't know exactly. what the Premier League's like because he hasn't played in a long time. Right. And he snaps into a tackle and, and, and just tries to do too much. That that's the answer, I think. The the tackle was was dangerous. He went Absolutely. studs up on Sean Longstaff's ankle. It's a red card. There's no you, question that this is a red card. I know I, we could talk. I was about going to say you can't but... explain it, but you know we just tried to explain it. But mm-hmm. I understand that he wants to get stuck in and he wants to prove a point. But at some point, you have to realize if you go lunging in like that to a ball, you know you're not going to win. No one's impressed. No, no one says that's a great player who dives in late. If it's a winnable 50-50 ball, sure. But he just got beat. He just got beat and stamped on someone's ankle with studs. That's not the way to endear yourself to supporters no. or a manager. <laughs> no, but I think, again, I'm going back to why he did what he did. I think he was looking at an opportunity. Listen, I can impress. And he got it all wrong. Emilio, the reason why I wanted to look at it in a different manner. And I, I haven't heard anyone else really focus on the why, because I think it's important to focus on the why. I know all you guys are convinced he's not going to play anymore. I'm not, I'm not convinced. I think he, you got him for a reason. You are going to have to use him at certain times. And this is a, a huge setback for him. And we should all be obviously saying what's on our mind on it. But we're going to need him, Emilio. I I know it sounds weird to say that, but I'm just saying he didn't do this 
to hurt Fulham Football Club. Yeah. I think he did it to help, and he got it all wrong, Emilio. That's where I wanted to go on this. Yeah, and I want to sort of dwell less on the psychological. I'm, maybe, I'm, again, I look at it from another perspective. If Paulinho did that, and he's done a few fouls clumsy right. and late, but, okay, he's got a yellow card, we move on. If that was Paulinho, what would have been the reaction then? I'm just putting it out there. Same thing. You know, it, it works both ways. Shalabar win is nowhere at the level of quality of um, Palinia. He's obviously got to overcompensate for that for that weakness. He's obviously lack of quality. So right. he may right. have to try harder than Palinia would have to do that. You know, but so but um, nobody wants to hurt any other player. No. not that type. And neither is Palinia. But Palinia's picked up five yellow cards and then probably got a suspension. How many of those were crunching tackles that maybe better decision making? You know, didn't, didn't unnecessary. Some there's a, I think there's a couple of those yellow cards where you could argue, Pally, you know, you didn't need to do that there. But we, we've just brushed over it. You know, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there right. because no one likes Shala, but no one thinks he's good enough. He's being roasted for for bad decision making, having to compensate for you know for his weakness. He's got a red card, game over. Right. If that was Paulinho, it would have been game over equally. But I'm, where I'm coming from is. He it's shouldn't have started. My point is, he shouldn't have started, and we wouldn't okay. be having this debate. So, who does the buck stop for playing him in the first place? Well, it starts with yeah. that's that's obviously the the full manager. And, and what's this transition? Because yeah. I just wanted to start yeah. really by talking about this because I find this an interesting topic to mm. figure out it's why he did what he did. Yeah, it is, and he is. You know, he's had no you know one one league cup match this season. He's, he's not this playing is any his opportunity. You know, this so is his chance. Any player coming in is always going to struggle when you've got, you know, you have to come in maybe for an injury or a suspension. Obviously, he's had a couple of weeks to be prepared for this. I'm, I'm assuming he would have known in the last couple of weeks he was likely to be playing ahead of Kenny, for example. And rather than putting Harrison Reed in his customary defensive midfield role, he chose for Shalabar then. It, it backfired and, you know, we move on. But it's, he shouldn't be anywhere in the starting lineup first and foremost. But, who else do we have? You know, we aren't blessed with options in that in, in the middle of the park. And that's a, that's a point that Max made earlier. You know, we've got a threadbare squad and the manager's got limited resources to play with. But, you know, it's sometimes, you know, Steve Lidge is saying, yeah, Pally, you know, if he had less yellow cards, he wouldn't have been suspended. Fair, fair point. But if it wasn't this game, he probably would in the next game he would have missed. So right. it's for me, it's someone's come in, try to do a job, poor decision making, slow off the mark, barely got, you know, barely ran... You know, a few steps. He literally with eight minutes, bang, made a bad decision. Off you go. You know, he yep. didn't have, he didn't have a chance to even adjust the pace again. The but there were other things. Newcastle was sharper, quicker, and that's what prompted the foul. And and if if Newcastle were more passive in the middle of the park, would have prompted that foul, and it wouldn't have got a red card. But you've got to give Newcastle credit. Yeah, of course. They attacked our midfield. We said two days ago, midfield battle is key to this game. We lost it within the first five six minutes. Yep. So they had a game plan. We had weaknesses, gaps in our in our squad depth, and you know they exploited that. That's what prompted the the the, the error from Shalabar. He made a bad decision, but it was Newcastle attacking and pressing that caused that decision, poor decision making. Okay, excellent stuff, guys. All right, let's now really focus and hone in on the starting eleven and the decisions that Marco Silva made. Max, I'll give you a first crack at this. When you saw this, I know we all have. Our reactions. I want to get your reaction when you saw the starting eleven. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's no shock that Chalaba was was the one we were worried about. 
Um, also interesting to see no Cabana. Dan James gets a start ahead of him. And no Robinson, no Tete. So as we've gone through, not our first choice team by any stretch of the imagination. No. Krizawa gets his you know full debut. Obviously, didn't go as planned. Um, and Baba also gets his first start. Didn't go as planned either. So a, a lot of question marks around the pitch. A lot of question marks. What Emilio is saying, I think, is very interesting in, in the sense that Chalaba shouldn't have started. I don't know if I 100% agree. I see what you're saying. But you look at the options. So the other option is you play Reed as holding and Kearney as the attacking one alongside him. It's an option. Not sure if I love it. The other option is you play Josh Anima. The oh. other option is maybe you play Luke Harris. And that's yeah. it. The, the point I'm trying to make is none of the options are great. I think the Kearney thing would have been probably the best option of those I listed. But again, Tom Kearney playing nine minutes in the Premier League, we haven't seen that in years. I love Tom Kearney. I think he's shown good cameos, but is he ready to start a match? I'm not sure well, the answer to that. We don't know. So well, the point I'm trying to make here is yeah. I don't like Shalaba. I don't rate him as a player. See, I understand why he went with Shalaba. This is what I, I wanted to hone in on. But the options, you look, you look at our bench. I mean, the bench is not good. The bench is no. bad. No, but Max, and, and, for and me. And it's still bad even after the signings you've made with right. this bench, et cetera. We're a thin squad. And this right. will happen when a thin squad gets faced with Premier League opposition. Right. But what I think that the mindset of the Fulham head coach, Marco Silva, was he wants to replicate what we've done prior. So who is the most like-for-like? Like? It would be Chalaba. The problem is he's not Paulina, and we found that out. And I think he wanted to be Paulina, and it he got it all wrong. But I understand where he went. It's, it, this isn't me agreeing with it. I'm just saying I understand why he made the decision. Emilio, I know you disagree with this, but I think the reason why he did not go with a Kearney-Reed combo is that he wanted to replicate what we've done prior. It just wasn't the right player to do it. No, no, you know, I still hold firm. You know, like I said a few days before the game, that it would, it was midfield battle would have been key here. That was going to be. We right. know that Newcastle haven't scored many goals. They've got their fair share of injuries as well. So let's not, let's not, let's not, let's give them even more credit, unfortunately, because they, they, they've had a number of injuries this season, and even in yesterday's game, they didn't have their their, their strongest lineup either. So, to be honest, it's that was going to be the key. And they they exploit that even when, like I said before the. The three minutes Wilson should have scored. That was a warning sign. They then got the ball early through the middle of the park and committed Shalba to make a mistake. You know, that's what sometimes football is all about that. You press, right. you create, you try to force your opposition to make errors and you exploit that. And that's what they've done. You know, and to be honest, and, you know, we haven't got options, many options. I would have sort of put Kenny. I would have put Kenny. Keep it tight early on, get settled into the game, put Harrison in his usual custody position. Um, before Silver came on board, put Tom Kenny in a more more attacking role, and then you've got obviously you've got Cabana, you've got James, you know, just got Pereira. But you know, when you're, you know, you can't legislate for a player making that mistake. But you know, equally, if he trusts Shalaba, then Marcus Silver, you know, you've got to, you've got to take responsibility for this performance and this result. End of story. You can't legislate for a player making that mistake. No, but you're you're putting him into the mix where he's had no game time. He's not been playing at all in the Premier League, and Kenny, at least, has been getting some run game time, albeit substitute performances. So, he, and he knows the and he knows the pace of the Premier League. So, for me, it's a mistake, but you know, we move on. You know, let's let's address the other issues there. You know, that's that's for well, me. that's where I want to go next, Emilio, because what we're finding out, and you can only find out by seeing the players play mm-hmm. live and see them play in several matches, is that um, 
I, I think we're seeing how valuable I can't believe I keep saying this. Anthony Robinson is. And mm-hmm. then of course, Kenny Tete, they're both valuable to what Marco Silva wants to do. And it's a huge loss when they can't play. It just mm-hmm. is. And we're seeing it over and over again. Is it possible Kurzawa could replicate what Anthony Robinson can do? I don't know. Only time will tell. The Mbappu thing is the more worrying, Max, because I thought he would be more of a like-for-like, but we're seeing that he's not the same player as Kenny Tete. That, that to me, is the more worrying one. Yeah, I mean, it's quite simple. He's just not a very good defender. We've seen that. He doesn't really track his, his runners. He doesn't seem to get tight to players crossing the ball. He seems to switch off easily. Uh, not, not great things for our Premier League right back. Um, maybe there's a reason that you know Newcastle let him go. Maybe you know, the number of seasons ago. Maybe there's a reason that you got him for for quite cheap. I don't know. He's he's not impressed me as I was really excited when we signed him because he's a player. Yeah, I think it kind too. of knocks about in the footballing world. Like oh, he's really pacey. I think you know he's a Switzerland international. He seems like a type of player who fits the modern fullback role, being good going forward, being very quick, nice acceleration international player but it doesn't defend well and 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 that's the first thing you have to do okay excellent yeah uh right back over to you Emilio anything else you want to say about the starting 11 um a lot of it's enforced you know I think that Mark Silver's got limited options there the Cabano Dan James one was interesting whether Cabano's still coming back from a a knock so maybe didn't feel that he was 100% ready to start the game so again Dan James you know, didn't really get the chance to to show what he can do when it, if it was eleven against eleven. But there was it still in the first half. You know, there were moments when his his final ball is not good enough, and that's probably the reason why he was surplus to requirements of Man United and Leeds were willing to release him to another club in the in the same level as them. So, but look, I think he can add value to this squad, but you know, he just needs to sometimes be a little bit more composed and be a look up a little bit more. He was just like looking down, run, 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 final ball very poor, and when you've got limited possession when you're playing with 10 men, you need quality and composure, which he didn't show throughout the game. Okay. Very good. All right. Guys, before we break down the match, and uh, it's not something I'm looking forward to doing, but we need to do, I want to talk about the tactics by Marco Silva after the sending off. Now, I'm going to share this comment from our friend Steve Reynolds, and I want to get your thoughts, and I want to talk a little bit about this. Silva reverted to... 4-4-1 instead of a 5-3-1. Mistake by him. Let's just regroup. Why are we picking up injuries in training? That's actually a very good question, too. Emilio, over to you. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on his tactics after the sending off? Uh, It is a good point. I never actually thought about whether he should have gone keep it it tight and more defensively because we were just exposed, weren't we? We were just continuously being exploited. They, they were exploiting Mbappe in particular, and then, but it was a bit of a start, you know, start stop second, you know, first half. Mitrovic injury, Kagawa with his injury, it just it was just bitty. But every time Newcastle came forward, they looked likely to score. Lena, either Lena made a save or Newcastle scored a goal. And the thing is, it's, it goes back to my earlier point: where were the defence in all these goals? We were talking about Mbappe and we talked Kagawa. Yep, we're talking about him, yeah. But we were just slow, you know. You know, you still, you know, with or with with ten men or eleven men. You're back four. You still got a job to do. Your job is to defend, and it just feels like we're just second best at all time. And that's what worries me. And I know I keep honing on it today, but that's the thing that worries me. Reem, Tosin, the fullbacks we've talked about, very, very slow, second best, 
with and I saw Leno's reactions. He's doing a great save. Where's the follow-up? Where's the, where's the defensive cover there? There was nothing there. Leno can't do all that by himself. Yeah. So it's a fair point, Steve. I didn't think of that. Maybe keeping it tied to the back, be, being less exploited and going to going to half time and readjust. But the second half worried me. Why putting Dan James there? That that worried me. I would have said Bobby Reed would have been maybe a more suitable fit to play in that sort of fullback role and then reorganize that way. But yeah, it's a fair point. I didn't think about playing a five at the back, but it's yeah, you know, that we were getting punished and it could have been more than three goals at half time, game over, then you know, Marcus Silva maybe could have been a bit more reactive to that decision. So fair point, Steve. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up. And Max, I want to get your thoughts because I was speaking to Steve yesterday. And we were, this is one of the topics we were talking about. And I find it interesting because, again, listen, if we're going to praise Marco when the tactics are, are great, I think it's fair to question it when maybe there's a questionable move here. Maybe there was a different tactic here that he should have considered. What, what are your thoughts about this? Changing the formation after the goal. I'm sorry, after the sending off. Yeah, he was he was slow to react, in my opinion. I think the 5-3-1 might have been better. You know, five at the back is going to give us more solidity. And it just looks like they were just picking holes in, a, in our defense the entire game. Should we have changed right off yeah, the bat? Yeah, probably. Probably. I, I agree um, with, with that assessment just because – but then they, Wilson scored the goal so soon after. I think if mm. we keep it nil-nil for longer, it's easier to convince yourself, let's do 5-3-1 – Right. Silva, his philosophy is always let's try to be on the front foot, <laughs> even when we're down to ten. I think he was reluctant then after going down one nil. I think it's his philosophy got in, got in the way here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's weird because we have to analyze the match, right. and there are a lot of things to analyze and a lot of issues. <laughs> on the other end, sometimes football is a simple match, and we're down to ten, and we can see that two minutes later we're always going to lose this one. So it's it's two sides two sides of the coin mm-hmm. here. Well, that, put it can, this way, Max. Blame, I, I don't want to blame Silva too much for this. I don't. Okay. Okay. Don't. But does it make sense to consider minimizing, minimizing that damage? Yeah. With the goal difference, I think, sure. Yeah. This could have been really bad. I mean, as Amelia mentioned, Newcastle were wasteful. <laughs> they could have scored a lot more. Um, and they deserved, I think, a lot more. Having it only be a three-goal deficit flattered us. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good stuff. Okay. All right, guys, let's get to it. Let's break down the match. Max, I'll give you the uh, honors here. So we're just going to pick it up after the uh, Chalba sending off. And let's Thank just you. talk about the first goal for Newcastle United. As Emilio said, there was a warning sign before the sending off. Now we have the goal. Let's talk about giving up this first goal, which pretty much the match was over at this point. This is the one that actually annoys me the most okay, because of Tosin's role. He just doesn't. Mm. He just doesn't track. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. Wilson's on his back shoulder. He's not goal side, and suddenly the ball's in the box. And and I forget who headed the cross goal, but there are three Newcastle players queuing, almost all of them unmarked, and Tosin just lets Wilson go for a tap in. Probably the worst piece of defending we saw all day. Mm. And we've talked a lot about Mbabu, a lot about Krizawa. We have to point fingers at Tosin, who who I think has escaped some blame, but he mm. should be the leader of that back line. He's been here the lo- he's been here a long time. He knows what it takes to be in the Premier League. He's a big presence. Sometimes he just switches off again, and and it's a bit inexplicable. That was just really bad defending, in my opinion. Okay, Melio, over to you. Let's talk about the second goal from Newcastle United. Your thoughts? Yeah, and on that before I go down that on the first goal as well. You know, there was obviously yep. Mitrovic maybe went down a little bit too easy because he was looking for the foul there again, straight off from that foul. He didn't get his decision his way. 
20 seconds later, 1-0. And again, I agree with what Max said, you know, well, so soon, nowhere to be seen there. Simple tapping from Wilson. You can't give someone of that quality that much space in in his, you know, in a six-yard box. He's going to punish you. And he should have scored, like I said earlier on. But it'd be interesting to see if, if you know, I didn't have seen the replay of the Mitrovic so-called foul, but he, he desperately wanted a foul there. He got a yellow card for protesting and, you know, you know, so we move on. But the second goal, you have to applaud Almer on here, to be honest. As a, you know, at the end of the day, great, yeah. great finish. What more can you say? That that's that's a world class finish. You know, against any defence. You know, you look, I saw Kagawa's reaction as if to say, "Why the hell did he get that? Where did you know? How did he do that?" And that's just quality there. You get again a bit too much space, but the technique, the quality there, you've got to give Almer on. You know, a lot of applause for that. And it was a great goal. I applauded it because right in front of me, you know, goalkeeper had no chance. Defender. Yeah. It could have been a little bit tighter, but you, those are those are world class moments. You have to applaud that, whether it's your own team or an opposition team. Okay, excellent. Emilio, right back to you. Then I'm going to go to Max because I, I want to hone in on this part of the story of the match: the injury to Mitra. Okay, he mm. goes off. How concerning is this for you, or do you think that maybe this is more precautionary? What are your thoughts about the injury to Mitra? You were there, so. How worrying. bad did this look to you? Worrying. Is this linked to the so-called injury he picked up last weekend? So was I believe he playing, it did. You know, in the I pain barrier, it did. Was he playing not 100% fit yesterday? I think he was playing. I don't think he was 100% fit. And <laughs> don't want to be critical to the coaching staff here, but should he have been risked? Question mark. If he wasn't 100% fit and playing with a pain barrier there, then... You know, was it was it appropriate to start him yesterday? Just just putting it out there because he didn't look he, look, he didn't look sharp. I mean, admittedly, he didn't have he didn't have much to do. He couldn't get he didn't get any service. But running around the pitch, it just didn't seem to hit the normal Mitrovic hunger desire. You know, didn't seem hundred percent up for it, so to speak, against his old team. So he was carrying a knock, and maybe there. You know, I'm worried that we've we've worsened the situation by giving by risking him. It's backfired again, and yeah, he, I don't know what how how extensive the injury is, but it's clearly okay. wasn't fit. He got a hat trick in midweek for the second Serbia game, but he did pick up a knock last weekend, and that was widely communicated in in the press and in Twitter. So I'm worried there. I'm worried that he again. I drop if he's going to be missing against West Ham. That's fine because then you've got two home games coming up against Bournemouth and Villa, which are probably the two games that we need to be focused. I know every game is important, but. You've got right. those two games coming up. We need to get those players back ready for the, the Bournemouth game in a fortnight. That's the priority. And if you can get something out of the West Ham game, then I would argue that's, that's a bonus. It's one of those bonus games. You never get nothing up at West Ham, do we? Always lose there. So it's all about getting your beat, beat the teams around you. Right. Totally agree. Injury worries me. But again, let's, we'll find out in the next couple of days, I'm sure. Okay. Max, how concerned are you about Mitro right now? I'm I'm concerned because we don't know. You know, Marcus Silva said he he'll be assessed in the week. It's very vague. You know, normally if it's a good sign they say he was fine. He just we just took him off as a precaution. That wasn't what was said. So I'm I'm just nervous because we don't know. The uncertainty's there. Mm-hmm. If we lose him, I, I don't know. Massive, massive worry. If we lose Mitrovic, who's been our talisman and our best player and our best goal scorer, and the only other striker in the squad is uh Vinicius. Vinicius, who I I can't say I'm not impressed by him because he hasn't done anything. And there's not it's not a knock on him. He's been on the pitch, what, like probably 30 minutes cumulative, and I don't think he's had a single shot that I can remember. He's just been so anonymous because of his limited opportunities. But if he's yeah. thrust into the limelight, you just don't know. At this that's point. not 
that's not something I want to see. So we can't speculate because we know so little. All we know is he went off injured. He was walking. I think there's ice on his ankle, and that's it. So we just literally have no information on the issue. So fingers crossed it's nothing. But as Emilia mentioned, he's playing a lot in midweek for Serbia. He picked up a knock. Doesn't doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound great. But again, we don't really know. Okay. We don't. And we'll have to wait and see on that. Okay. Melio, back to you. Let's talk about the third goal from Newcastle United. At this point, like I said, the, the match is over after the first mm-hmm. goal, but it just continues. And I'm thinking to myself, just keep the damage down. But they score mm-hmm. the third goal. And I'm thinking this is going to be a route. This is going to be bad. That was going through my mind. What mm-hmm. was going through your mind? Same thing. Just get to half time. 2-0 deficit, show a bit of pride, respect. But again, defensively, very, very poor, to be honest. A bit too open. But again, you've got to give your opposition a lot of a lot of credit here. They, Absolutely. They, 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 the, the energy, the pace, the movement. Our defenders just, I think you said it, Matt, just gave up. As soon as, when the first goal went in and with the man down, there was just no, there was no appetite there. You know, just literally getting caught out of position, second best for every ball, poor, you know, Giving them the opposition too much respect, I think. I think that's something we've got to I want to call out. I think we gave Newcastle far too much respect. And they opened us up very, very well. If only we can do that. If we play against 10 men, I'd like to see us exploit any def- any attack, you know, defense that way. But you know, you know, we, we gave them and that that third goal was was gifted as far as I'm concerned. I think it was Newcastle had a lot of possession as you would with the extra man, but you can't gift any teams that much space, that much time, and give away cheap goals. That's not good enough. Defensively, we were all over the place yesterday. Okay, very good. Okay, guys, coming up next, we'll talk about the second half. And then I'll ask the question to you and also to our audience watching live. Should we give a man of the match? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Emilio, I'll go back to you since you were at Craven Cudge. Let's talk about the fourth goal from Newcastle United. Um, same thing again, to be honest. It's, uh, you know, what can you do? Amaron, it's just this quality finish from Amaron again. It's, it's, he was he was their outstanding player as far as I'm you know, concerned. I think, is it, who was it, Willett? Did Willett create the assist? I can't remember now, to be honest. I was so, well, look, so focusing on other things, just showing a bit more pride. I just, I'm I was less focused on Newcastle's goals because you know they they were they were wasteful. They would have scored more goals, but there was a moment when Kearney coming on second half calmed things down. Some good movement, some good touches, trying to come forward, and some good skill. And you know we sort of we sort of held our own that second half. But yes, West you know Newcastle did attack in numbers. You know a lot of chances went begging, but overall 
I think it was inevitable when that fourth and possibly fifth goal. They had a couple of goals disallowed as well. Let's not forget that for offside. So it could have been like a party score, uh, like Max said to be honest. But look, Man United are losing what? They were losing 5 1 about 20 minutes ago. So six, one. it's it's six, six to two. No, six, six two. two. Look, I'm watching it right now as we do the show. It's six to two. No, it could be a lot worse, right? You know, but <laughs> you know, but look, you know, it was inevitable they were going to score more goals, to be honest. And I just, you know, it's just it's, it was a matter of time, but. I was more focused on how we were performing and just putting a bit of pride back into the team. And Kenya, I thought, came in and had a, had a had a competent second half. You know, he I'll give him man of the match for just for pulling his trout his, his shorts down. That deserves a, a fantasy man of the match, you know. So uh, what happened to me though? Because I heard it on a commentary, but they didn't show it. What what, what happened? So I think it was his reaction. I said he went for a long range shot, it, it, and it just went way over. And it was his way of saying, "Damn it, that was that was shocking." And just just pulled his shorts down quickly. Uh, okay. right in front of me. That's what it looked like to me. I think he just he's probably upset with himself. But that's funny. That, that that cheered everyone up, to be honest. So I think I'll give him the fantasy man of the match, and probably Leno the, the man of the match. <laughs> okay, Max, back over to you. We're going to finish this up because I I think I'm done with talking about this match. Fulham scored a goal. Let's talk about it. Mm. Massive, massive goal. Listen, Bobby Deckard over Reed. Credit to him. He's been in the side a long time. He was our top scorer last time in the Premier League. He doesn't get a lot of credit. And, and he just continues to score goals for us in the top flight. He scored against Brentford. Scored this one. He is one of the most underrated players who plays for Fulham because he has a tendency to miss really easy chances. But he crops up with, with more goals than you'd expect. So listen, credit to him. Uh, he's, he's played all over the pitch yesterday. Got a nice header. And a great cross from Cabano, mm -hmm. who probably should feel hard done by. Because the Dan James, William, we signed a lot of wingers. Manor Solomon, Harry Wilson. It's, it's a very winger-heavy squad. Yeah, Cabano hasn't done too much wrong this season, you could argue. And maybe he should have started yesterday. I don't know. Dan James is a player I really want to like. Because he's a type of player I think is, on paper, he's great. But as Emilio said, he can't finish. He can't cross. There's a reason Leeds let him go. don't know. I mean, I really want to like the guy. I do. Mm -hmm. But I think Cabano should feel hard done by. Okay, interesting stuff. Okay, guys, let's talk about it. Should we give a man of the match? I'm curious your view on this, Emilio. Should we give a man of the match? Yeah, I think I think I think Leno by far. You know, at the end of the day, okay. he's been in great form since he joined. To be honest, I think you know Rodak. I know we all love we all love Rodak, but many of us have felt that maybe he's not got the attributes to be our lead. You know, number one keeper. Wayne Leno, agrees I mean, with you. Made some great saves. Looked very composed. He was clever as well. Just, there were moments, you know, if you caught it, but when you're trying to keep the score down, you know, you just, you just sort of a bit of patience, you know, take your time with the, with the goal kicks, moving the ball long rather than trying to pass the ball out of defence. So he tried to mix it up a bit. And again, that was trying to unsettle Newcastle United because he does like to play the ball out of defence. That's obviously a Marco Silva philosophy. But there were moments when he just he, he booted it upfield in the hope that we, one of the attackers like Mitrovic or someone else would latch onto that. So... Very intelligent, but the saves he made were, you know, were, were, were great, top class. And you know, what, the one where Wilson scored again, you know, I think it was was he made a great save, didn't he? Just in the lead up to that, but he can't protect that goal himself. Where the defenders need to help him as well, and they, they need to shield some of the opposition attackers. And you know, he can't do it single handed. But I've been very impressed with him. You know, he's played what six games now, I think, and he's looked he's looked the part. And so I have no concerns there in defence. You know, so great signing, well done, Tony Khan. But yeah. There are other areas that we need to be focusing on. Okay. 
And Max, if I remember correctly, on the green pole, you were talking up Leno as well, correct? Yeah, Leno would be my man of the match just because he had made some great saves, including the one off the post right mm. before the third goal. I mean, that's just a fantastic that's save. And he kept it he kept it respectable. And okay. as I said there, it reminds a lot of the kind of Areola situation. Yeah. Where we have we, we've had world class goalkeepers mm. um in the in the past two seasons we've been in the Premier League. So that's at least been nice, is that we haven't been able to point the finger at the keeper. Whereas everyone remembers what it was like in 2018, 19, when I think we went through three keepers in one season and none mm. of them are very good. No, true. True. <laughs> okay. Good stuff, guys. All right. To end the show, I'm going to just put this uh, t- title up here. We're on to West Ham, okay? What does that mean? What does that mean? We're on to West Ham. What Fulham team do you expect to see? In our next match, what kind of response do you hope to see? So, Max, I'll give you first crack at, at this. We're on to West Ham. What do you expect to see from Fulham when we are watching the match in about a week's time? I mean, let's be clear. West Ham are 15th in the league right now, and we're 8th. So it's weird because you think about, as Amelia said, we never get results at West Ham. Which just no, seems he's right about that. A very poor ground for us. So, but on paper, we're the better team. Mm-hmm. Should we go on the front foot? I'm not sure. I think we'll probably play counterattacking, trying to sit back and attack when we when, pick our moments, essentially. But I want to see Mitro back in. People in the comments seem very confident he'll play against West Ham, which is yeah. good. That's giving me confidence. And hopefully Robinson's back. Hopefully Tete's back. Palinia will definitely be back. <laughs> I'll be good. Shalaba won't be playing. So I think we'll see closer to a forced choice Fulham team Hopefully they get enough time and training to mesh again. But I'm confident we'll see a response. And I'm not going to work to win because it's West Ham. But I think a draw is a, fa- a draw will be a fair mm. result to aim for. I'll take okay. that. Mm. Over to you, Emilio. What are you expecting in about a week's time from Fulham here? Mm. Do you expect a response? We'll obviously mm. get players back. Mm. But I think, to Max's point, I think injuries are going to play a part in mm. all this. Mm. To what yeah. we see next week, and I think I'm looking at it two ways. So there's, there's, if you have Tete and Robinson available to play, then obviously they will start. I'm assuming they will start. I think we need to change a central defender again. I'm quite, again, I'm honing in on this. You know, Dio okay. came in and did an okay job second half. I thought he looked assured, calm, composed. Now, or you <laughs> taken out, Emilio? Look, it goes back to my point. Tosin had a shocker yesterday. Reams, you know, he's done well up until now, but we've still conceded 11 goals with Paulinha. So we're not defensively as watertight as we may think. They've played well. Maybe we should have conceded more goals, but they've they've, they've done their job. But we still conceded 11 goals. Diop, 15 million against West Ham. Don't be surprised. You might see him start. Okay. I don't know in place of whom yet. I haven't thought about that. But okay. Tete and Robinson starting. I expect Diop to play a part there. And it could if, be if one of the fullbacks is injured, do you see one of those, do you see Ree maybe playing more what in play out wide rather than possibly. possibly. Now I'm not against your idea of playing yeah. Diop. The question is, who does he come in for? Is yeah, it Tim Ream or is it for Tosin? <laughs> I'd like to see at the end of the day, it's your your long term defense. plan has gotta be it's gotta be for Ream. Yeah, it's got to be for Reem. I think if you want to, you want to think longer term. Yes, it's all about getting points on the board, staying in this division. 
but you want to build for the longer term. As much as Reem's been outstanding and I love the man, Diop will play at some point. And I just think we need to explore other options of keeping that defence tighter and be more basically defending corners better. We've considered too many from corners too cheaply. Right. Um, so something has to change there. And I think if we persevere with the same back four as we had before yesterday's games and we don't score goals the other end, we're going to have problems. So I just okay. think Marcus Silva's got a dilemma there, but I think that defence will is got is a worry for me with those eleven goals and Paulinho playing those seven games. That's a worry for me. But I think we will. See, you know, we have to assume that the players will be back from injury. James, I don't. I wouldn't want to start. To be honest, I think if if William isn't fit, don't be surprised. Cabana will start instead of James because James, again, what we've mentioned on this call already. So I think there'll be a few changes. To be honest. You know, okay. Some of them might be enforced because of injuries, but it'd be interesting to see if Tete or Robinson or both are injured still. Then what? You know, well, let me be- ask you guys this to end the show because we're talking about the injured players. Which one is more valuable at this point, Max? Is it Anthony Robinson or Kenny Tete? If you could have only have one back, which one would you take back? Wow. Yeah, I'm throwing it right at you, my friend. <laughs> well, so Robinson was out for the Forest match, right? And and Reem yep. played left back and Tete played right back and we looked fine. So maybe that. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I mean I really I really like Anthony Robinson in terms of his, his the pace he offers and I think he's been a very good defender this year. So, so Tete mm-hmm. is actually, if you really think about it, more valuable to have in than Anthony Robinson. Yeah, just on the small sample size in that one match when we saw Tete and Robinson out, we did all right. Okay. How about you, Amelia? And again, I'm trying to throw a couple of curveballs yeah. to you. What, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, Robinson up until he picked up the injury at Tottenham, you know, it was probably one of our best places in those first four or five games. So I'd probably say Tete because I, I worry about who's more competent to play in that right back role. Bobby Reed, don't forget, he's versatile. So he's another option that can come in and play in a defensive capacity as well if we need to. So we've got interesting options. People not necessarily playing in their natural positions, but I think we've got, we've obviously got a lot of defenders, but we haven't got enough quality in central midfield and, that's that, and, and maybe an attacking option. We've always said that. It's no surprise. If Mitrovic was going to get injured, we always felt we were going to be lightweight up front. And, you know, if he does pick up a knock and maybe be out for a while, then we may have problems there. But I would take Tete over Robin if I had to make a choice of the two. Okay. I want to keep, I'd rather we keep it tight in defence and avoid conceding. Okay. That's good. If you concede goals, then you're relying on your attack to score goals. And the same old problem. We've done that with three, two, two, ones, but... Where are the goals coming from? If you keep going falling behind, that's my worry. All right, good stuff. Guys, I'm just trying to keep both of you on your toes a little bit, bringing up stuff to uh, keep it interesting, so I hope you don't mind. But great show, fantastic show. Max, I want to mention this one last time, and I know I've mentioned it a few times. I'm very happy that you're doing the show, the Green Poll, with my friend Dan Crawford. There is no cottage talk without Dan. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Crawford, because Dan saved me because he ended up doing the show when I needed a co-host. And so I'm always in debt to Dan Crawford. Great job on the green pole. Thank you, and we've got to get Dan back on the show because he always says he wants to come back. And I know he does. I know he does. He and, keeps telling me. I know. And what I would say is um, they, they're doing a great job at Hamian.com with their website redesign. Dan has gone back and put in all the archive match reports. I, I saw that. the 2001 yeah. season up until I think 2015 has gotten up to. Wow. That's wow. an amazing resource. For me, you know, I, was, I lived in London from 2010 to 2013. I can go back and read every single match report from the matches <laughs> I went to which is very great for my nostalgia. Yeah, and, it, and as always, you know, we like to promote College Talk on any platform we can, so it's great to be on their podcast telling them about College Talk. And now I'm at, here I am telling you guys about Hemiant, which is, as you know, a great website about Fulham It's a great news. website, and like I said, Dan's a very close friend, and he actually keeps uh, texting me, I want to come back on. So, I, Dan, I will get you back on to the show, absolutely. And, of course, and I'll share this with Emilio, Unfortunately, I was trying to get someone on at the very last minute. He could not join us, but we will have the return of Melio of Scott Tanfield to Cottage Talk. Okay, hopefully we're not when we lose 5-0. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully when we win a game, we'll see the positive of Scott. But yeah, it's Scott won't me saying that. But I don't know. I don't know. Scott was actually not that negative after this loss. <laughs> I think it's... I think we sort of alluded at the beginning of the show with Mark. So we, 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 we said that. They're going to, we're, going to be, we're going to see the exciting football. None of us will right. want to go back to the way Scott Parker played. So I'll more than happily take 4-1 defeats here and there. that mean we can get 3-2 wins, nail-biting finishes, hat-tricks, lots of goals, entertainment. That's what yep. we want to see. And you know, if we can get the right balance, winning, getting enough points on the board, then I think we'll all take that. So he's given, Marco Silva's giving us room to be excited and just let's put this game to bed. Okay. Learn from your mistakes. No, we're all human. We all make mistakes in our jobs. And Silver you know, needs to take a little bit of criticism yesterday, but yep. it's like let's take this. Let's take those mistakes on to West Ham and reorganize, tighten up, and you never know. We'll give them a good, good old run for their money next week. Okay. I just want to share this to end the show because it's actually on my screen right now. Manchester United lost six to three to Manchester City. So if you think we have it so bad. Mm-hmm. Imagine being a Manchester United supporter right now. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and I think we play City and United in back-to-back matches, right? We do. For the World Cup. So <laughs> that's do. just great. That's just, just tremendous. Yeah. November 5th. The November street. 5th. Mark your calendars. Yep. Fulham City. Maybe schedule a, a nice afternoon out. You know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Just it might not be great. It might be 10. Okay. We've got four t- four games against teams around us this month. They, uh, West Ham, okay, if you include West Ham, it's five. But right. Everton, Bournemouth and Villa at home yep. and Leeds away. So there's Massive, four points man. up for grabs there. If we they can get, can get nine points, Emilio, they're in good shape. If they get nine points. 
you know, if we get nine points, you know, if we get two wins and a draw out of those five, I'll take that. It's okay, getting closer. Okay. To, we're going to get close to 20 points by those, by the end of well, the that's, month. Well, so that's my time. whole thing. If they can get to 20 points by the end of the month, we're in fantastic shape. Yeah. We really are. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Okay. Great show, guys. One final thing before we go, as I always say, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and the YouTube channel. And also want to mention we are now part of the uh, TalkSport Fan Network. It's great. And you'll be hearing more and more about that and what that means to the Cottage Talk listeners as we get to the World Cup because they're going to be doing a huge launch of this network. And we're just one of many podcasts that are going to be part of this network. And uh, I'll let you know the names of the other ones when we learn about them. Okay. Great show. But it is time to go. For Max Cohen and Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.